Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we have another live recap where we're going to discuss Saturday and Sunday's NWSL Challenge Cup matches. But before we take a deep dive into that, a quick reminder, follow us on Twitter for all news and updates. We also have a TikTok and Instagram, so you can follow us across all three platforms at Attacking Third for highlights, cool graphics, breaking news, and so much more. If you're joining us live on YouTube, welcome. Uh, join the conversation in the chat. We always appreciate your feedback and uh, you know keeping the energy going. We're going to need it today because uh we're this first time we're doing one of these lisa early in the morning uh in terms of a recap of nwsl challenge cup games we decided to shake things up a little bit we broke up the long weekend slate of games into two parts and we had a recap uh later in the evening on friday and now we're doing uh, a morning recap uh, on monday so it's a little bit a little bit of a different energy so i'm I'm curious to see how everyone's going to be doing this morning yeah i mean i'm it's exciting to have people joining us on their monday mornings uh on this youtube and it's great to start my day with you, Sandra, and my week with you. Um, it is a little different, though, but I almost liked it because last night after all the games finished, I was a little wired after that. Yeah. Sometimes it makes for a really good live, but now I had the chance to sleep on it a little bit and and rewatch the goals this morning, uh, youtube.com slash attacking third, full extended oh. highlights of the game. Oh. So I was able to watch those again, especially the ones from Saturday, because that felt like so long ago, but I'm excited to dive into it because there was matches Thursday, Friday. We already touched on them and we already talked about them. And then uh, San Diego and OL Reign that played on Thursday, they played again yesterday on Sunday. Sunday. So we get to talk about that and, and the changes we saw in that game. Honestly, yeah. there was a lot to uh, there's a lot for us to break down from the Saturday and, and Sunday slate. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I'm just like, it's a nice way to start off the week. I think I just I just loved I we were chatting a little bit off mic and texting each other this morning. We we're like, we're excited to go early in the morning. And I like retweeted our live link. And I'm like, hopefully we get some people to to, to join and, and, and see what's up. I was like, grab your morning beverage. Although I was a little disappointed. I didn't have any like I usually like to go for like a caffeinated seltzer. But I just got the regular water today. Oh, oh Sandra, I always have my coffee. I mean, you're rocking we, the mug. I'm really good about making, I, you know, what? when we were doing the Olympics in July, I was really good about like making my tea and stuff like that and having like caffeinated teas. And I just wasn't, I was like, you know what? We'll just, we'll just stay hydrated. I can't live without coffee. We record sometimes at like six o'clock PM and I'm like drinking coffee. Time to have a cup of coffee. Here we are. 
<laughs> I, I respect it so much. Uh, coffee at all hours of the day. Let's uh, let's maybe to start and kick things off here. Let's just go through the weekend slate of games and maybe give everybody just the results. And then we'll take a deep dive into these games. On Saturday, it was a doubleheader with Orlando Pride versus North Carolina Courage. Scoreline ending in 4 Two going the way of North Carolina, picking up all three points in that one. Then racing Louisville FC, hosting Chicago Red Stars, a tie out of that one. The draw, a 1-1 draw uh, for that one. And Sunday was a triple header with Gotham FC hosting Washington Spirit. Washington Spirit taking all three points with a scoreline of 3-1. Ole Reign versus Angel City, defeating uh, Ole Reign defeating Angel City 2-1. And Portland Thorns versus San Diego Wave FC. That one had a lot of goals in it, too. 3-2 is the scoreline for that one. And Portland Thorns picking up all three points. Let's get into, let's be frankly, it's, it's our favorite segment of attacking third, right? Next to any any time that we get to talk about winners and losers, we, get it, we, we enjoy. We lean into that a little bit. And, you know, if it's not us talking about defense, you know, and talking about how much we love it, we love talking about some winners and some losers. And a cool thing about this is we're also going to get a chance to maybe talk about some matches that we were telling folks to keep an eye on this weekend, in particular, maybe teams to keep an eye on this weekend. And we got to start with this all rain versus Angel City win 2-1 in this one. A lot of big things coming out of this one. There was It was all rain, quick turnaround for mm-hmm. this team, right? We talked about when we did the, the massive preview, this was one of the teams that we knew was going to have a couple of games in a short uh, amount of uh, time. And it maybe impacted our, our picks a little bit. We were a little curious how this team was going to look with player rotation, um, coming off an international window, the quick turnaround. Ole Reign came out here and they got their business taken care of. A 2-1 win over Angel City. It clinched a semifinal berth for the Challenge Cup. It's just it's just going to be a matter of figuring out which seed they are. Quite frankly, they they mm-hmm. have one more week remaining in terms of Challenge Cup. Uh, but this was the game that essentially got it done for Ole Reign. Uh, on the Angel City side of things, Kristen Press uh, placed last minute on COVID protocol right before the game. And uh, maybe not uh, the game that had all the goals because we wondered if there were going to be a couple matches throughout this weekend that were going to have heavy score lines. But this wasn't one of them. Maybe part of that had to do with the fact that there was a Chris and Press missing for Angel City and O.L. Rain was coming off of this short rest. When you were looking at this game, though, Lisa, did you think it was going to end this way? Uh, honestly, no, no, I did not. Well, we both had in our predictions, we both had O.L. Rain winning this one. However, yeah. when uh, O.L. Rain scores first a goal from Bethany Balser, of course, fantastic player doing that. And then Angel City equalizes in the 83rd minute. I honestly thought it was going to end in a draw at that point, okay. right? Because we're, we're at 1-1. There's less than 10 minutes left in the match. And Angel City was, they changed their game plan in the second half. I mean, first half, it was all OL rain. Um, it, it honestly was. I think losing Kristen Press, honestly, that announcement came out right before the match started. Yeah. Changed things a little bit for Angel City. They had to figure out how to adjust without press and, and what to do, how to play without her having McCaskill in midfield and June Endo. Um, those players still trying to balance their positions on the pitch and where to go because Endo likes to play more centrally, but that's where McCaskill thrives as well. It's, it's almost like they have two players that want to be the, the 10 in the midfield and they can't do that. So second half of this match after that happened, um, 
I think Angel City played a much better second half. They controlled the ball much more. They were able to keep a lot of the possession. The possession actually evened out in the second half as it was going. So the goal that ultimately came from Simone Charlie uh, being assisted by Endo in the 83rd minute, that wasn't surprising at all because Angel City had built up a momentum to get this goal. I thought it was going to end in a draw at that point, but uh, mm-hmm. stoppage time, right? That's It's all mm-hmm. about the stoppage time. Four minutes of stoppage Drama. time. <laughs> and in the final seconds, Owell Rain is able to score, um, assist from Lauren Barnes, a yeah. beautiful ball in from Lauren Barnes. And then um, it's Vanderjet, excuse me, uh, who, who ends up getting this one. It's her second NWSL start. She started on Thursday, had an yeah. assist in that match, and then scores the game-winning goal for Owell Rain in this one. I... I Angel City must have been very pleased with their performance. Probably a little disappointed to give up a goal in the final seconds of their match, but pretty pleased with how they're playing against O.L. Reign, which is the best team in the Challenge Cup right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think even in this game, I I had the the halftime thought when I was watching this match. And and again, we all react to things. And I I was just tweeting through it like we all do sometimes. And I was like, you know, O.L. Reign is, is up right now. And it's going to be a little curious to see what happens in this second half. And I made a, I think I made a reference to the the depth that is probably going to come into play for, for this, this match. I just felt like Angel City started to turn it on a little bit towards the, the latter end uh, of that first half and going into the, the second half. But I just didn't, I was like, I just don't think that the team is built right now anyway to be able to just completely steal one on the road against a team like All Rain. And as we got into the second half, we we saw that. We saw, like, despite All Rain having, you know, the heavy legs, the quick turnaround, mm-hmm. you know, the, having to tap into player rotation, really that's, I think for me, when we're when we're looking at improvements and areas to point out of improvement this this week, we're looking at the expansion sides, right? And we'll talk about San Diego a little later. But in the team like Angel City, we're we're noticing these very small improvements, right? Even if it's just like a, a full second half performance, you know, a- ending a certain type of way versus starting the the, the way yeah. that you did. That's but gross. Then you, it's growth. It's, it's it's like the little things that you're gonna look at during the highlight packages or when you're you know in the in the meeting rooms looking at footage, you're gonna say, okay, here were the improvements from one half to the next. But then for OL Rain, it was their opportunity to show off the depth of their squad. And and we we see Laura Harvey make these adjustments, right? Having somebody like Jimena Lopez to, to be able to come in and continue getting active in the attack, right? With somebody like Sofia Huerta, who had already been doing that throughout the duration of the match. And then having this stoppage time goal, you know, the, the breakthrough that just came in at the very last possible attempt that you could have done it. It was just, it was just very, very impressive. So even, even despite, you know, the shots on target getting leveled out right between these two sides Mm -hmm. or, you know, the, the, maybe the disjointed passing a little bit between some players on, on OL rain because of the, maybe the lack of familiarity or the lack of minutes at this point for some of these players, you saw, this was maybe the type of gritty game that we hadn't seen yet. From all rain, like is this a team that is built on on tactics, built on finesse, built on fitness, athleticism? We hadn't seen like the kind of you just got to put your head down and grind it out kind of game yet from all rain, and I think we we saw that yes. this weekend. And again, it's just it's just another thing that's very impressive about this all rain side right now. 
It really was. And and the celebration from Laura Harvey and, <laughs> and post-game press conference and, and her celebrations. If you didn't see it, we put it out on Attacking Third Twitter. Um, kudos to Sydney, our social media manager. She does a great job with that. But it, you could tell that this was a full team effort from OL Reign. And honestly, Angel City, too. I think that's why this weekend's slate of games was so impressive because we saw different player rotations and across the entire Challenge Cup different players stepping up on different teams and for Angel City to win the full-time possession battle against OL Reign 50.2 to Angel City 49.8 to OL Reign so that it's 0.2 essentially a percent of percentage of possession that Angel City won and I think that's something for Angel City to hang their hats on especially without Kristen Press in this match. Yeah, it got leveled out a little bit. And I think, you know, that's that's something that they're going to try to look at as growth, like you mentioned, Lisa. They're going to look at the overall team performance. I'm sure they're going to look at strong individual performances in this one as well. You know, Jasmine Spencer covering a ton of ground out there for, for Angel City uh, and doing it from the back line out on the flank, you know. So there's yeah. there's pieces there, right? But, you know, and then, and then seeing this kind of breakthrough between Endo and Simone Charlie, you know, connecting for, to, to try to make it an interesting game for a little bit, at least, right? Brilliant header from Charlie, you know, as well. There's there's these small moments of of flash and flashes that we're seeing of uh, promise of Angel City, but we'll see if if, if a game like this is what spearheads uh, a new trajectory for this team because we know that it's definitely uh, boosting uh, OL Reign up to where they they're trying to be, which is in the semifinals of the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Our first team to clinch that. Let's take a look at the other match that we're looking at in terms of when we're discussing and breaking down winners and losers. It's Goth. It's a uh, it's Gotham FC versus Washington Spirit. Washington Spirit walking away. With the win in this one, 3-1. Now, I think coming into this match, Lisa, we talked a little bit about it. These two teams met prior. Uh, Washington Spirit were the hosts in that one. And there was a little bit of banter that took place off of the pitch, spilled on into social media. And I think this was a match that not only we had highlight, but many others had highlight. Like, what's going to be the turnout of this game? If you if you sort of have this attacking duo in the Washington Spirit with Trinity Rodman and Nashi Sanchez going up against uh, a pretty solid back line in, in Gotham. It's something that they pride themselves on. And now it's uh, being led in, in, in goal by Ashlyn Harris. And this was some of the banter that we saw amongst these, amongst these players. And, and it was looking like maybe Gotham was going to have the better day with a very early goal in this one, but the spirit coming from behind, which I think is uh, always a very impressive way to win a game. You had a Sanchez free kick, Trinity Rodman collecting a brace, and they did this without any, uh, midfielders. Well, they had some midfielders, but yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to give all praises always to the great Andy Sullivan, but no Andy Sullivan in this one and no I Dorian. So uh, a lot of uh, active play without maybe the typical staples in the midfield that they were used to. Uh, I think another uh, impressive win by another impressive team in this one. You you have to mention that there was essentially no starting midfielders for Washington Spirit. After the match, head coach for the Spirit, Chris Ward, saying that Sullivan and Dorian Bailey could have played, but he wanted to rest yeah. them. So interesting move on his part. He's got a lot of faith in in the other players that he has on his team, which is a theme for Chris Ward. He, he knows he has a deep bench. He knows he has a lot of talent, um, and he was not – 
not like scared to use it and scared to do that against Gotham, especially after uh, Naho Kawasumi scores in the opening four minutes of this match. That truly was the theme between this weekend slate of NWSL games opening minute goals. We saw that. And, and this team did not disappoint in Gotham getting this one. It was actually a a pretty soft goal. I'm going to say, I mean, (laughs) it was bounced around. It wasn't struck very hard. It wasn't, didn't have a lot of pace behind it. It went through traffic. So Kingsbury Washington spirit goalkeeper couldn't see the ball coming. And then it just trickled into the corner of the net. It was placed well, all the way towards the far post from Kawasu me but otherwise like it, there wasn't anything that special about it however in this match you have to give a lot of credit to Washington Spirit and Sanchez and Rodman because they responded incredibly quick the 24th minute Ashley Sanchez she gets a goal uh set piece goal for Sanchez this was a, a foul that was drawn just outside the box and mm-hmm. a very well struck Ashley Sanchez goal, um, a a set piece goal for her. It was the third of the challenge cup. Dabinia had one earlier. I mean, Ekic had one in the Saturday slate and, and then Sanchez getting this one in the Sunday slate and then Rodman responding just before the halftime around the 40th minute of this match, getting another goal and then Rodman ending up with a brace in, in this match. It was really fun to watch these two players just vibing together yeah. you can tell that they play together they were having some yeah. fun out there yeah, they're having fun but but they're they play together at club every single weekend and week yeah. out and then over the international break that's it's hard to transition from one team to the next with tactics and formations and player personnel but you can tell that these two are continuing to play with each other and you can tell that they're friends off the yeah. pitch which helps that relationship on the pitch, um, especially for these young players that they are professionals and they know that this is their job, but they're also just looking to have fun and and play the game. And when you're doing it with your friends, it makes it that much more enjoyable as a player. And you can tell that for sure that that's what's happening. Uh, I think Gotham broke down a little bit too towards the end of this one. No Anamano to start the match either, which uh, was an interesting move. Uh, by head coach Scott Parkinson. But um, this was a really good match for Washington Spirit. We're seeing all of the pieces come together for them. You know, I you can see it in the body language, right? They, they were having fun out there in a match like this. But I also like that in a game like this, you had these young attackers for the Spirit kind of have to tap into their like their soccer IQ, essentially, yes. right? When you don't have somebody like an Andy Sullivan starting alongside you, someone who's, yes, able to be this disruptor, but also this connector, this type of linchpin for this Washington spirit side, how was how how were the spirit going to try to attack right against this this Gotham FC side that has a, a pretty uh, a pretty good back line anchor you know helped it's 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 helped and assisted by uh you know the former or the 2021 defender of the year in Caprice Didasco right who also had had her work uh, had a heavy workload on on this day uh, coming up big at one point on the stretch uh, for for her back line and for her goalkeeper. But it just was it just wasn't enough. We saw that despite not having this type of central play that maybe we're sometimes used to seeing from the spirit, having a player like Rodman out on the wings can still help uh, your team and help punish yeah. your opposition. We just saw it was a flurry of activity really out on the wings from either side when we were looking back at some of the tape uh, against uh, with Spirit against uh, Gotham. And uh, you just 
it just sort of felt like one of these games where it's just like, okay, so Gotham <laughs> went up early, but there is far too much soccer left. You're talking about going up in the fourth oh, minute yeah. of a game and you're just kind of like, oh, this is it's almost too early. And we're like, this is going to, this is going to get, uh, this is going to get a little more exciting than it is right now in this moment. A great goal, opening goal from, from Kawasumi. But like you said, Lisa, the, the, the transition of the, the transgression of the goals to happen, you know, after that. And I just, uh, we're looking at this Washington spirit side from where they won, where they were in week one, of Challenge Cup to where they are now with a week remaining for Challenge Cup. It's like two completely different yeah. teams. It's like it's almost like they needed to get their footing to sort of, uh, you know, step out, sort of get re-familiar with each other, maybe shake off a little bit of the championship hangover, right? Say, hey, we, we got to go. This is who we are. People are going to gun for us. We're the champions. They're going to come and bring their best every single time. And uh, I think a little bit of that, quite frankly, coupled with – Still more questions from yeah. Gotham. Uh, you know, look, I think it's safe to say now because of the picks that we went through, I had Gotham coming out on top in the East. And you know what? That's not going to happen in the 2022 Challenge Cup. But just a, a little bit of another game where we saw some struggles for this team uh, in terms of, of the attack not being able to to generate in the way that I think maybe folks out there were anticipating mm -hmm. A lot of activity from, from Margaret Purse, and we're seeing uh, her and Christy Mewis trying to combine a little bit, and you're talking about first season for these two playing. So there's still some time to develop uh, some some chemistry amongst them. But I think you're going to see this this Gotham FC side have have more questions maybe than they had, than they have answers going into the regular season. Uh, and, and hopefully – uh, they can find some of some of those answers a little bit quicker in their regular season to ensure that they, you know, still stay part of the conversation in terms of the 2022 uh, playoff makeup. So uh, that's what we had to talk about in terms of these two matches and in terms of our winner and loser segment. We still have some more games to get through because it was a triple header on Sunday. So we got uh, three other games to get through and discuss with you all. We're going to do that right after a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Let's keep it moving. Triple header to close out Sunday NWSL Challenge Cup action. We're going to take a deep dive into racing Louisville versus Chicago Red Stars. A 1-1 draw in this one. And in this match, we're going to be highlighting the free kick of the weekend. We had some pretty good set pieces this weekend, Lisa. But let's talk about Chicago and racing and, and what we felt led up to one of the one of the best, if not the best, free kick set piece goal to happen this week. And Chicago Red Stars on the road to Louisville. Go up early in this one. 
and then drop the points racing louisville trying to keep things interesting in the central we'll just we'll just leave it at that at, at this moment uh but unfortunately not picking up the the win sitting in second place of the central now right behind uh kansas city current setting up a match day scenario for for next week in terms of who's going to come out on top of the central region but a one-one draw in this one thanks to emma ekic let's talk about it lisa I, I have to agree with this. I mean, there was a number of set pieces we saw this weekend. I mean, we saw Ashley Sanchez. We just talked about that, uh, getting the equalizer against Gotham for Washington Spirit. However, this was the game winning or the the equalizer at the end of this match for Racing Louisville. Um, Amina Ekic, she comes on, checks on, subs on in the 56th minute and about 10 minutes later, she scores the equalizer. There was a set piece opportunity right outside the box. And the young striker, the young forward for Racing Louisville is determined to be the one to strike this. She's got an incredible left foot. It was picture perfect. I loved this. Now, it's no knock against Ashley Sanchez's or even Dabinia's that came earlier in this Challenge Cup for set piece goals. But this one with the type of player it was in Amina Ekic, a younger player in this league, on a team like Racing Louisville going up against Chicago, who has a listener in goal, who has a really good defensive unit in Chicago. And for this young player to say, I'm going to be the one to strike this left-footed, hits the upper 90, no mistake about it. It was a very, very impressive goal from Amina Ekic. The celebration from her as well was just tremendous, but it was almost how this game unfolded as well that led to this big buildup of the goal from Amina Ekic because you're right Chicago they score in the opening 10 minutes of this match it was really yeah. across the board this weekend seventh minute Amanda Kowalski who uh, recently signed just a few weeks ago with Chicago she's made a number of NWSL starts and she's proven that she deserves to be on the pitch she gets her first NWSL goal in the seventh minute of this match and then this goal from Amina Ekic didn't come until the 76th minute after a slew of substitutes for both sides Chicago and Racing Louisville but this match had a lot in it because the opening goals happening, lots of possession battles throughout these two winning the 50, 50 balls. It was pretty even possession looking at uh, the stats for this one, 49.1% for racing Louisville, 50.9 for Chicago. There was uh, four cards given out in this one. We talked a little bit last week or, or the midweek about um, the calls being made and how Maybe the officials have slowed down a little bit in giving their cards and everything. No, this weekend it was back up there. Lots of cards given out on, on all sides pretty evenly as well. This was this was a really fun game. Mallory Pugh went down, unfortunately. She got hit in the head. It did not look great coming off the pitch. I don't know if you have any more insight on that, Sandra, but um, this was a good battle between these two sides coming into it. You, I had Chicago winning and you had a draw for this one. So congratulations, Sandra, you get the one, one draw on this match. It was just, I don't know. It was, it was just a vibe, a feeling, a gut check that I went with. I, I don't know. Listen, racing Louisville, when we're breaking down halves of the challenge cup or halves within matches for teams who are trying to build towards their regular season. We made note of the expansion sides, but I, I have a, a special eye on, on, on teams like racing on teams mm -hmm. like the current, these are teams that are in their sophomore season, essentially, right? These were the expansion sides from 2021. I'm curious to see what they're going to be building on 
in 2022. And what we're noticing is maybe just in this central region specifically, again, I don't know if anyone took a look at this region and said this is going to be the one that might be most even or have the most competition out of it that's going to come down to the final match week in Challenge Cup. But here we are. It's looking like that's going to be the shade, the way that this shakes out. And so I had to go with the draw on this one because I'm like, you know what? Just the international break, the coming off of, you know, the, the the international friendlies. What is the player rotation going to look like for these two teams? And those were questions that we asked of ourselves of this match, Lisa. And we saw for Chicago uh, with the game later in the week, not on a Thursday, not on a Friday, but on a, on a Saturday and a Sunday's type of games that – players who were active during international windows might have got starts towards these later weekend slate of games. And we saw that with Nair, with Pew coming on board for Chicago. And you know what? I think I don't want to say it always comes down to one player, but you have this Red Stars team be very active, create, gener- generate a goal very early in the opening 10 minutes. And then still try to retain possession because this is a team with their shape showing that they want to try to keep possession of the ball and not only keep possession, but do something with it when they have it. But then you have this really tough moment in the match where essentially your star player gets taken out of the game, right? So Mal Pugh taking a really hard shot uh, as she was standing on the wall off of of a set piece And uh, we got to see the concussion protocol come into play during this Challenge Cup match, just just based on the velocity of the hit, the fact that it was a headshot. You know, they made the right call, I think, in taking this player out, making this exit. And we saw with the concussion substitution that, you know, Racing Louisville also got an additional sub because this is how things work with the extra sub now. But I think... It's unfortunate that we had to see it in action, but I'm glad that the protocol is in place. There hasn't been an update since okay. uh, Malpew coming out of there, but I think it's safe to say knowing what we saw on the stream, what we heard in the broadcast, the fact that the the concussion protocol what was being utilized in real time, we're going to assume that it's off of that now. How she does over the course of the week, we're going to find out later into this week as something like availability reports come into play or uh, pre-match day availabilities come into play. And we can chat with coaches about that and we'll have more information later on down the road. But if we notice the timing of this, we have a substitution come in for Chicago. Sarah Griffith coming on for Mal Pugh just past this hour mark and, and just mere minutes later racing Louisville trying to take advantage of the momentum swing a little bit. And they set themselves up for another free kick and another dangerous position. And we saw Ekic put it away. It was absolutely a stunner of a goal. So congrats to racing, uh, leveling things out in this one. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I chose to draw on this one because he's like, I just had, a. there was just, I was like, there's just something about coming off of an international break. And I think while we might get some golosos, I think if there's going to be a game set up to be a draw, that it's going to be these two Chicago, Red Star still searching for that ever elusive win over Racing Louisville it just hasn't happened yet between these two franchises when it's Chicago versus Racing. It hasn't. And we talked so much about the standings in this central region. So after all is said and done from this weekend, Kansas City remains at the top of the standings uh, with 10 points. Chicago, number two at eight points, Racing Louisville in third place with six points. And then Houston at the bottom of the central region with three points, because this that's why this game between Chicago and Racing Louisville was such a big match. They 
end up splitting the points one apiece. Um, and Chicago stays just barely ahead of racing Louisville and behind Kansas City in this central region in, in kind of how it unfolded. But Sandra, you're teasing me here with the Galazos. We had a lot of goals scored no, this we weekend. Yeah, we did. We got to take a look at Portland Thorns versus San Diego Wave. 3-2 the scoreline in this one. Had some goals for Portland from Sophia Smith, Sina Sugita, and then we had halftime 3-0 for Portland. It was looking like it was going to end a certain kind of way when it was halftime in this one, Lisa. When you were looking at this game and you saw Portland doing what they were doing, and you said, gosh... 3-0 against San Diego. This could get worse, right? Isn't that like the initial, isn't that like the initial sort of perception? You're like, God, this this might, this might get worse. Yes. That that, kind of <laughs> that's exactly what you think when Portland starts a match this way with a goal in the fourth minute. They continued the streak of scoring very, very early and frequently. And then, you know, Sugita, she gets a brace in the 21st and 41st minute, back to back, essentially goals 20 minutes apart from her. And at this point, San Diego, they don't have that much momentum going for them. They don't have a lot of possession. They don't have a, a lot of solid defense. This was another tale of not being able to clear the ball. We saw that throughout a lot of these matches. And, and San Diego, they struggled with clearing the ball in this first half against Portland. And Portland is a team that knows how to score. They know how to find the back of the net. We have to talk about this opening goal from Sophia Smith because, wow, this was yeah. a fantastic goal. Um, you can see the development from Sophia Smith and, and especially spending time most recently with the national team, being way more confident in her abilities on the ball and finishing a strike like that. The first or second week of the Challenge Cup, Smith would not have finished that shot. It was from the far left side of the box. She strikes it with confidence, with conviction, and it finds the far post side netting. A really, really nice strike from her. Uh, but this match going into halftime for San Diego, down 3-0 at the half. Uh, Carly Telford in goal for the Wave struggled a bit. I, this, this is the second time yeah. we've seen her in back-to-back -back games for yeah. San Diego. Um, not making those big-time saves that goalkeepers like Kaylin Sheridan tend to make. Kaylin Sheridan uh, listed as out COVID protocol for this match, so not available at all. But Telford is a good goalkeeper. So it needed to be, for San Diego, finding a little bit more of that coming together. The change for San Diego at halftime, bringing in Kelsey Turnbow, yeah. changed everything for San Diego. She's a player that perhaps on Thursday's game, didn't make the most impact. Yeah. But in this match against Portland, she kept possession. She was able to switch the ball for, for San Diego. And that changed everything because San Diego won the second half 2-0. Yeah. They were able to get goals. They were able to find the back of the net. Alex Morgan was way more involved. And Turnbow, she was the game changer for San Diego, ultimately ending with an assist on the second goal for San Diego in the second half. You know, I'm looking at the substitutions. And this one, right? We're we're looking at somebody like a a Kelsey Turnbow coming on in in this one and, and turning it on a little bit a little bit different look. We've been seeing Turnbow get the starts for this San Diego Waveside, and in in a week like this one where there's multiple games on a on a short week, a quick turnaround 
kind of puts the coaching staff in a different position and maybe forces their hand a little bit to make some rotations, right? So mm-hmm. we saw Turnbull kind of coming off of the bench and getting a chance to impact the game uh, as a sub versus developing from, you know, the first whistle all the way through to late game scenarios. So that's something that I'm keeping an eye on. If maybe they want to test out this for a little bit, try to see what Kelsey Turnbull can bring off of the bench to impact a game versus maybe starting it, seeing Taylor Korniak come on in and have the impact that she had. We're talking instantaneous, practically just, you know, Korniak and Turnbull connecting for, for that second goal, just minutes after Korniak gets into the game. But again, we're talking a lot about these areas of growth for teams in challenge cup, especially for these teams where they, they essentially know, listen, semifinals are out of reach for us. Challenge Cup is uh, not going to be longer than we were hoping for. Uh, but now you still have a game like this or, or the, you know, next week that they're going to be looking at to close out Challenge Cup. And maybe it is about that now, just sort of closing out strong and finding the areas of growth within your team and trying to still improve on that and develop those moments. So that's what I'm looking for when I'm looking at these expansion sides or these sophomore sides, as I've been referring yeah. to them. I'm, I'm trying to look for the areas of growth within these teams. And we saw that in Angel City yep. and All Rain. And I think we saw that in this match with Portland versus San Diego. We saw them come out and refuse to just sort of lie down and accept this kind of blowout win, which can maybe be demoralizing for some teams depending on you know the 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 locker room and the and the mentality from from players going out there so i like that they got into halftime they hit the reset button and they come out they came out in the second half and then they threw back a couple a couple elbows of their own yeah it was nice to see that this closed out to be a bit more of a of a competitive fixture i think than than maybe people were anticipating because like i said you look at halftime you look at the scoreline you're like oh gosh this is gonna get worse it got better actually you're so right in highlighting the positives that we see from these expansion sides. And and the thing that makes an expansion side successful is having experienced players that have played in this league before. Yeah. And both Angel City and San Diego Wave have that. And it's because of those players in Savannah McCaskill for Angel City and, and those players that can go into halftime and say, listen, there's still 45 minutes of soccer left to play. That is a lot of time. We can turn this thing around. We saw that in both Angel City and San Diego in this weekend's games and how they played. San Diego was a different team in the second half. And, and so was Angel City. Angel City kept so much possession in the second half against Joel Rain. And San Diego looked much better too defensively. They were a lot more solid. As soon as they won the ball, they were looking to go forward, finding Kelsey Turnbow, realizing that she can be an outlet player for San Diego. As soon as they win the ball, she can keep it for the wave and look to swish, swish possession of the ball from one side to the other and be yeah. that connector from the back to the front of the field. And that's what they did. That's what they leaned into. So those <laughs> moments of growth and 
the players taking the game into their own hands has been tremendous to see throughout this Challenge Cup because that was not happening at the beginning of this Challenge Cup for both of these sides. And it, it's a huge turning point to see. For Casey Stone, he's got to be happy with how they played in the second half. Freya Coom, even for Angel City, how her team was able to turn it around. Yeah. Those are really promising moments for both of these expansion sides. Absolutely. Let's maybe let me, let's stick with this energy, Lisa. Let's stick with with girls because we 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 got to stay with the growth aspect of it because we're going to be talking about this final game and it was another goal fest. We had North Carolina Courage and Orlando Pride. North Carolina taking this one four two again. Ton of goals in in the opening half and Orlando Pride. Oh, one of these teams that we're talking about is you know kind of struggled a little bit during this this Challenge Cup and. With the start that this game had, an own goal from Montefusco, led by additional goals from the Courage in this first half. Daniel Smith Jenk and then Jenkins later on getting on the board for Orlando Pride, but then Dabinia kind of closing things out. It just it just had a lot of goals, and it just made you feel a certain type of way. But we're sticking with growth here. North Carolina Courage, I think, has been alongside what well, we're talking a lot about oil rain. We're talking about spirit teams who are standing out ahead of the semifinals that will eventually take place. But North Carolina Courage has been fairly consistent in terms of their performances in Challenge Cup as well. Mm -hmm. And they're sitting pretty in the East uh, in terms of possibly uh, making their exit into an eventual spot in the semifinals representing the East region. And having a game like this, a sort of definitive game, when you have a top-seeded team in the group versus a lower-seeded team, in the group, you look at that and you said, okay, well, this is this game is going to turn out to be a certain kind of way. And while it did, it did go in favor of North Carolina Courage. We, I want to show some love to Orlando Pride in this match and ensuring that uh, it didn't look like the type of blowout that people were going to anticipate that it was going to be. And kind of shout out Darian Jenkins in this one Huge. for kind of putting away uh, the goals in, in which he was able to put them away. Huge for Darian Jenkins to be able to step up in this match with a brace um, coming starting this one really in the 15th minute, which at this point it was already three nothing uh, for North Carolina. Yeah. Um, but Darian Jenkins is a player that we've talked about, Sandra, you and I. In, in losing Marta in the midfield for Orlando Pride and Sydney LaRue being on limited minutes right now with some injury herself she's dealing with, Darian Jenkins was the next player that needs to step up. I think Gunny Yon's daughter in the midfield as well also needs to step up. And this was the game that we saw Darian Jenkins say, okay, I need to be the one to do this. I'm going to be the leader. Get me the ball and I will find the back of the net. The first goal for her was tremendous. It, it, it was picked off. It was a mistake by Anna Morehouse in goal for, for North Carolina um, because Leah Pruitt is able to pick off this pass and finds Jenkins and Jenkins just buries this shot. And the camera zooms in on Jenkins' face after the first goal and after her second goal. And you can just see on her face determination that okay, let's get another one. Let's get the ball. Let's restart this. Let's do this. And as a first-year player for Orlando Pride, um, but not a first-year player for Amanda Cromwell as they played collegiately for... De Jenkins played collegiately for Amanda Cromwell. You can tell that Cromwell was leaning on Jenkins in this match to do that. And I think that we saw more from Orlando Pride than we have all Challenge Cup. Um, the thing about 
North Carolina. I, first of all, the three goals in the first nine minutes or so, oh my God. Or 11 minutes, nine minutes. That's oh. what it was. They broke the record. It was very impressive. Now, my question is, are these goals from North Carolina that incredible or was it bad defending? Because yep. it doesn't matter. I don't think it's unfair to bring up. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't matter because a goal is a goal, and North Carolina was, they were in favor of North Carolina. They capitalized on the opportunities. However, the three goals that came in the first nine minutes were all down the right side for North Carolina. And a lot of people are looking at Carrie Lawrence, the left back for Orlando, because she was the defender in that situation. However, you have to look at more than just the goal scoring play that happened because. For Orlando, um, excuse me, Courtney Peterson on that left side, I'm sorry, because in the center left back position was also Tony Presley, who is supposed to be playing cover for a player like Peterson out on the flank for Orlando. And that combination play between them wasn't always there. It, it wasn't. On the first play, it was an own goal by Montefusco, and, and it's a great ball whipped in. Smith does a fantastic job. Uh, I think she had a really, really good game for North Carolina. But... Peterson is pulled way out of positioning and she can't track back. She is pulled into the midfield and drawn by Dabinia. On the second goal that happens, Peterson does get beat, but there's no cover from Presley in the midfield. It was a breakdown after breakdown in the midfield and the back line for Orlando in those first nine minutes. And North Carolina was capitalizing on those opportunities, but that's the difference. I mean, these goals from North Carolina weren't amazing rockets. They were really right place, right time, capitalizing on defensive mistakes. They, they just sort of, they, they did sort of feel like, like that, a combination of that and just constant movement, right. Constant activity from, from, uh, from the, the attacking line that we're mm -hmm. seeing out of North Carolina courage. And, and listen, Yes, I don't think it's unfair to bring that up at all in terms of some of the defensive issues that Orlando has been going through, whether it's been across the back line or in net at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, we're starting to really see the impact of losing someone like an Aaron McLeod uh, for, for them in goal. And I don't want to take away from what the Courage did offensively because of that. I think if you are a strong offensive unit – you're going to want to take a look at your opposition and say, okay, we're going to try to make you pay. Right. If, frankly, if you're not going to, you know, withstand this attack, then we're going to break through on goal. So just sort of the movement that we've been seeing, I think from this North Carolina courage side, I'm loving this, this Taylor Smith Renaissance. It is oh, quite yeah. frankly, if not my favorite, one of my most favorite story arcs that we're starting to see the beginning of with her play in Challenge Cup. This is a player that's been moved around a little bit from team to team in NWSL, found herself back with the North Carolina Courage. And not only has she found herself back with this franchise that she achieved a lot of success with in the past, but she's back with the, with the head coach in, in Nahasu who's pushing her higher she is across that front line for this North Carolina courage side and I thought that this game was the type of game where if you weren't already paying attention to Taylor Smith and what she has been doing and providing for North Carolina courage I don't know how you are still 
like blind to it after watching this type of game and the type of uh, activity that she had in terms of just just her heat map alone but also her ability to impact games uh you know directly or alongside her teammates i mean we're looking at the crosses that this team whipped in over 30 the 33 crosses and i think when that's maybe not unfamiliar when you're talking about this this courage side but uh, it's good to see that it's somebody like Smith behind behind the service or even somebody like a Kiki Pickett, a player that they yes. acquired during the offseason. So you're talking about a goal and an assist for for Smith in this match. And then even kind of having that that, you know, that impact during that own goal, uh, which sort of opened things up. Her 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 movement and ability on the ball has been very impressive for this uh, North Carolina Courage side. And uh, I love that this is a game that maybe we can go back if we're further into the regular season and maybe circle and say this was one of those Taylor Smith games right here where we know that she has the ability to do A, B, and C. Yes. So I thought it was a really good game uh, from, from North Carolina Courage. And, and yes, we I don't think it's unfair at all to, to bring up those very important points that Orlando is, is struggling and on the defensive side of thing and, and in net, but you also have to have that kind of lethal mentality. If you are in this league, if that's what separates the elite teams from the not so elite teams yes. where you see this and you said, okay, here's your weakness. That's my opportunity. And I think yes. that's what we saw from this courage side. And that is why I've been very impressed with their play over the course of this challenge cup. I agree with you completely. I mean, calling out the players in Taylor Smith uh, involved in every single moment of the attack for North Carolina and confident on the ball. We saw her on the left. We saw her on the right. She was able to get in behind and also Kiki Pickett playing in that midfield. I love her in the midfield. I mean, she's a defender by trade. We've even seen her in the front line for Sean Nahas, but I think the midfield is where she can really shine because she is a little bit more defensive minded. She's able to pop off uh, defenders and receive the ball and try to face up knowing that she can can't hold it for too long. And she did a great job switching the point of attack, which forced Orlando Pride's defensive shift, which exposed so many holes. And and the combination from Pickett in the midfield, finding Smith out wide and Smith just going to goal, getting her head up and always looking to find a goal or find a goal scoring opportunity is very, very impressive. North Carolina is such a fun team to watch. We're going to yeah, it's so fun. This regular season, Sandra, it's going to be nuts. I love that this is how Challenge Cup is sort of closing out with this sort of level of competition. It's making me more excited for the regular season to come as teams are still in these early weeks figuring things out, but also getting some answers for themselves. So I'm excited to see it. I know we're going to be keeping our eyes Close, close, close on next week. We're going to have a preview for everyone later in the week. A couple of uh, big games to keep an eye on, right? Courage, mm-hmm. Spirit, Chicago Red Stars, Kansas City Current. A couple games that are going to mean something for the outcomes of these groups. We want to thank everybody for joining along. I thank you all for listening to Attack- Attacking Third. We appreciate you all so, so much. Uh, and uh, just know that uh, anytime we go live and you join us, we appreciate it. We, too, need the encouragement. So thank you for joining along with us if you've enjoyed uh, what we do here reminder to follow us on twitter and now on tiktok and instagram at attacking third for so much more we're on apple podcast spotify stitcher and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows we'll be uh, we're available as video so subscribe to us if you haven't already hit subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third 
Lisa and I will be back on Wednesday with more NWSL news and notes and some power rankings for Sandra Dada and Lisa Roman. This was the text. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.